Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Nottinger Side Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Layton. I'm with a guest that I am super excited about who I love very much. I'm with ECU Women's Basketball Head Coach Kim McNeil. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. So let's talk about basketball season so yep. far. Winning record. How do you think y'all have gotten here? You know, it's, it's been a process. You know, I think anytime you're rebuilding a program, it definitely doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, this is obviously my fourth year, and I think we've finally gotten in. Um, I, I love my girls. I have, I have great young women um, that outside of basketball, and once they leave ECU, is gonna have, they're going to be great ambassadors for this university. Right. And, and that's what I'm mostly proud of. Yeah. You know, academically, we do a great job in the classroom. But, you know, that culture, it, it, it takes time to change. Yeah. And so in my fourth year, I think we're finally starting to get there now. Are we at the finishing point? No, we're not. Um, <laughs> but I think kids are starting to understand hard work, uh -huh. starting to understand what it takes to win. Yeah. You know, um, first three years is trying to get kids to believe that they can win. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, seeing kids in the gym more, working on their craft, being more invested, understanding that, you know, it's not about them, but it's about ECU and what's written across their chest. Mm -hmm. And I think we're st finally starting to um, understand that message. So did you feel like the first couple of years were rebuilding and kind of building up the program again, starting yeah. from somewhere and then having to build it up. Definitely. I mean, um, it's all about culture for yes. me. It's all about our culture and, and our motto is fab family academics and basketball. Oh, I love that in, in that order. And so, you know, it takes time to build trust with your players. It takes time for coaches to build trust in, within them. And, so the first three years is about them understanding, you know, the non-negotiables. You right. know, we, we will get it done in the classroom. We will be great ambassadors in the community. Not an option. Not an option. <laughs> Not an option at all. And so I think now they're starting to understand that. And so, yeah, the first three years is definitely rebuilding. How do you feel like you have such a great relationship with your girls? As a coach, that can be difficult, especially with women were emotional. Yeah. So how do you feel like you've created such a great relationship with your with your girls and your players well I think just from the start when we came in it was all about family right you know, obviously myself and my husband Corey McNeil are on staff together so there's no no other way but for us to be about family you know we have a set of twins that are 10 I think when we first got here they were what six yeah you know so some <laughs> of the players have kind of watched them grow uh -huh. and grow up and they're around all the time you know they're in practice they travel with us a little bit now they are starting to develop their own lives so they're not around as much but you know, it's just that, that, that family atmosphere and them understanding that we do care about them more than just about basketball and that it's not just all about basketball. And, mm -hmm. you know, I am a mother and I, I guess I'm old enough now to say I could be their mom, <laughs> you know, and so I, I do have to show tough love at times. And, yeah. you know, just them understanding that, you know, there are some things that, you know, we'll work with and there's some things that we won't. What's it like being on a staff with him? Yeah, I get that question all the time. <laughs> Well, I guess now we're going on, what, 11 or 12 years being together. We were assistants together for five years at UVA, um, three years at the University of Hartford, and now going on four years here. And so, you know, we have to find our time to separate a little bit mm -hmm. because we're around each other all the time. But, you know, I would say when the twins came along, um, it definitely helped because before that we would go home and just talk basketball. Basketball, right. <laughs> you know, now we go home and who has practice and who has to go here and what's mm -hmm. going on with them in school and things of that nature. So they've definitely helped, you know, be a distraction and kind of separate the basketball life, the work life. What's, what's ECU been like compared to other schools that you've been to prior? Do you see a difference? Yeah, I mean, I love being here. Uh, I love 
I love college towns. I do. I'm from, <laughs> I'm from a small rural area. You know, obviously Corey's from Baltimore, so he likes the city yeah. life. Um, but like, I like where I can get to anywhere I need to be in 10 minutes. Right. So I'm the same way. I'm the same that, way. That's Greenville. So, um, and ECU, obviously Greenville loves ECU athletics mm -hmm. and ECU loves Greenville, mm -hmm. you know? And so I love that part about it. You know, it's kind of similar to, I've been University of Georgia. It's very similar to Athens. Yes, it is. You know, Charlottesville kind of, but Charlottesville academics, you know, mm -hmm. is way up there for UVA. Um, so, you know, I've been to a lot of college towns and I really love being in Greenville. What, how did you get to ECU? How did, did they reach out to you? How did you get down here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, in, in any field you're in and when you're successful, you know, other bigger opportunities come come available. And we had three really good years at the University of Hartford, mm -hmm. really turned that around really quickly. And I, I guess I started bringing some attention to myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, John Gilbert, I love him. He was very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I love that because that's my personality. I'm very aggressive. And he knew what he wanted and he came after me pretty hard. And I, I love that. And I loved his vision for not only women's basketball, but just the athletic department in general. And the thing about John Gilbert, when I was an athlete at ECU, <laughs> he, we were having our welcome back thing or whatever it is at the beginning of the year. Yeah. He gets up, it was his first year, mm -hmm. gets up on the stage in front of everybody. And you know, we're athletes, so everybody's scared to pull out their yeah. phones. We're yeah. just kind of sitting there waiting for him to talk. Yeah. He goes, I want everybody to pull out their phone. We're like, okay. We pull out our phone and he goes, I want every single one of you to have my phone number. Yeah, I remember Gives that. It every, do you remember that? Yep, every did. single one of our phone. I mean, you're giving how many kids your phone number? Yeah, that's, that's kind of scary. It right? is scary. <laughs> it's very. You never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get out of that. But I knew from that moment on that I really liked him as a person. Mm -hmm. That he was gonna take our athletic program and just make it so much better than what it was. And it wasn't necessarily a terrible thing. Right. But I think that I've seen him take it from you know, here to here, just level it up. Yeah. And it's been really cool to see that. And How is that as a, a coach? Process. It's a process. You know, his rebuilding is a process just as what we're doing here is a process. So you guys have a player that's the AAC player of the week for the second week in a row. Yeah. Why do you think, how has she performed? How do you, how do you think that's come about? Yeah, you know, our um, SID Cole, he is like a stats um, magician. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I feel like every day he's sending me some new stats. Last night he sent me a stat saying that thus far in our season, we've had more accolades, individual accolades than ECU has had in, since 1980. Wow. So we've had five with um, Amaya Joyner being three-time, you uh -huh. know, player of the week, uh, freshman of the week, mm -hmm. and now Danae McNeil being two-time um, American um, player of the week. But, you know, for Danae, it's, it's, um, it's not surprising. You know, she's an extremely hard worker. And, you know, I tell kids all the time, you know, the harder you work, the more success you'll see. Mm -hmm. And I think this generation of kids, they, they want instant success. Right. So if I get in the gym two or three days and I don't see it, oh, it doesn't work. But it doesn't work like that. Like right. you, you have to, and I keep preaching to our girls, you have to make it a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like if you really want to be successful, you have to make basketball or whatever your craft is, you have to make it a lifestyle. And it has to be something that you do on a daily basis. And for Danae McNeil, this started um, last spring. Mm -hmm. You know, as soon as I see, you know, she was hurt pretty much all conference play last year, broke her hand. As um, soon as she was able to come back last spring, lived in a gym this summer, stayed all summer, went home for maybe two days. Wow. Um, so this process for her has been going on for a while. And so, you know, I'm not surprised at her success. I'm mm -hmm. sure she'll be in here in about an hour or so when she gets out of class working on her game. I mean, she's in here every single day. So, you know, I always say, you know, hard work pays off. It does. It absolutely does. And so in softball, our practices were one way. Softball's not 
I mean, it's running, but basketball, it's yeah. all you're doing. Yes. <laughs> what is your, what is their workout like? Cause I've always been, I, I used to see them in the weight room sometimes, yeah. but I felt like they were going to run a lot more than, than we did. Mm-hmm. So I could, do they run a, a lot or is it just conditioning comes with it? It's just, you know, it's just a part of our drills. Like everything we do, we're moving. You're not really standing around and because of the way we play, we're a very up-tempo team. Our, our, our practices are very up and down the floor. We don't sit in the half court a whole lot. Right. Um, but yeah, in the summertime, it's a lot of conditioning. Preseason is a lot of conditioning and she did that too. She got herself in the best shape possible, really got herself strong in the, in the weight room. And so, um, you know, her condition, she, you look at her, she never gets tired. Yeah. You know, oh, she, not me. She can, not me. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, and I know I love, I tell you, I love softball. <laughs> I did. I loved it. Uh-huh. But when you're, you know, I was in high school in, in the mid nineties and back then softball wasn't big on giving scholarships. Right. You know, so I had to go with what I felt like was going to get me a free education. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of uh, put more dedication into basketball, but, but my daughter, is softball really yeah, you tell her to come my yeah, way she you loves softball and my twin her twin brother Kaden loves baseball mm-hmm. um and everybody's like oh they're not basketball and like <laughs> i don't care what they do just as long as they, they love something. what they do right they, exactly. you know they're doing it so but yeah so I, whenever you've brought a recruit in i've come in once or twice mm-hmm. i think to talk to them if they're broadcasting yep. or, or media or anything like that how important do you think it is to build a relationship and really explain to them the culture and everything when even when they're just on a visit it's huge it's huge i think you know obviously i don't i'm not on the men's side so i don't know how they can operates but i know for women and i know for me as a mother mm-hmm. like i want to feel comfortable knowing that i'm sending my daughter to a, a family environment right and and that's what we try to create here mm-hmm. um i tell parents and players all the time like you know I'm trying to create the environment that I would want for my daughter. Corey's right. trying to create the environment that we would want for our daughter. And I would want her to be in an environment where she's challenged. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to be babied. I want her to be challenged every year. I want, her, I want to see her grow. But I also want her to be in an environment where she's cared about outside of basketball mm-hmm. and where those relationships are developed and where people care about, you know, what's going on in the classroom, what's going on in her social life, what's going on at home. And I tell recruits all the time, like, when you come to ECU, if, if you want a staff that's just going to be strictly about basketball, we're not the staff nope. for you. Don't come I'm going to be all in your business. Yep. Uh, who you dating? Who you hanging out with? <laughs> What's going on at home? How's your family doing? You know, we, we ask tons of questions all the time. So, you know, we're, we're all about family. We're all about getting to know you. And it's just... Um, I, I love this culture and I would want my daughter to be a part of it. And that creates that mom-daughter relationship yeah. with, with your players, which is super important or else you, it's kind of like you almost when you, they always talk about how you should feel scared going into your coach's office no. and how you're always like, it should never be yeah. that way. They're like, no. it's like going to the principal's office. Yeah. And I'm like, but it shouldn't no. be that way. You should just be able to go in and talk about whatever. It's like talking to your mom, talking oh. to your friend. And I think that's really important. Yeah. I try to make it inviting. You know, my office is kind of like your living room where you go and hang out and watch TV and I got my jar of candy. <laughs> Right here, you know, where I kind of intrigue them to come up. Every time I fill it up, I'll take a picture and put it on our group. And he's like, I got candy, come get it. You know, but we, we tell them all the time, like, if we don't see your faces a couple of times a week walking through here, like, that, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, we want you to come up. We want you to just come say hi, hang out. You know, it's not always about watching film or things of that nature. Just come and say hi and let, let's just sit down and chat. How did you get into coaching in the first place? Ooh, well, as every athlete has that dream mm-hmm. you know i thought going into college like when i'm done i want to go play professionally mm-hmm. um i'm five foot nothing um <laughs> and, and five foot nothing guards are a dime a dozen right. um and so that dream didn't actually work out for me so i guess it was going into my senior year 
of college, you know, trying to, you know, that year you're trying to figure out, okay, I got one year left, what I'm going to do. Yep. And just conversating with my coaches and they're like, you know, have you ever thought about coaching at the next level? I really hadn't. Mm -hmm. And so my, my college coach at the time, Bob Foley, was like, why don't you try like coaching some AAU? Like you have a great feel for the game, your leadership, you understand it. He was like, try coaching some AAU this summer. So that summer I coached AAU basketball and that was the place that I felt that same fire on that sideline, that same fire mm -hmm. as I felt on the court. Mm -hmm. And so obviously as soon as my career was over with, started sending out, you know, emails, resumes to coaches that I had played against mm -hmm. um, and got my first hit, um, assistant coaching job at James Madison University. And just, just went, went from, from there. there. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're here at ECU and you've gotten here, what's your, what's your favorite part about being at ECU? Yeah, I just think just the family environment in general, you know, um, like I said, our kids have just really opened up just a new world for us um, here in Greenville and just being a part of Greenville Little League mm -hmm. with my son and the softball world um, with my daughter. We just we have a whole new set up, a whole new family. Um, and there, my son yesterday, Martin Luther King, they didn't have school. So he was at one of his baseball players birthday parties and mm -hmm. my daughter's constantly doing things. And, you know, it's just it's just a family environment, how. People just want to take care of each other, and we, we love that. They're always at our games. I don't know if you guys can see on the court side, my son and his baseball, we call them the little Minji maniacs. <laughs> They're, like, going crazy or whatever. It's just it's just loving and inviting, and I, I love that about Greenville. Have the girls seen Minji's maniacs on Twitter? Do they ever talk about that? They, they don't because they don't really come to our games. Yeah. You know, Minji's maniacs, really? I wish you would. Come I mean, to women's basketball. Listen, um, Minji's maniacs, they don't come to y'all's games? No, they don't really come to our games. They, they're, 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 they're they go to, to the men. We got to find a way to change that. Minji's maniacs, come see women's <laughs> basketball. We got something good going on right now. Come, come check us out. Yeah, I saw it was a video of you on Twitter. You would come in the, I guess it, it might have been the locker room, and you were so excited after yeah. one game. And I, do you remember what game it was? Smoked I mean, you one. came in and everybody lost their mind, yeah. and it was the best thing I had ever seen. Yeah. And I just can, I'm gonna have to insert it right here. Because I cannot remember what it is, but it was amazing. And I remember my mom has never met you, loves you. Oh. I mean, she does. And I remember sending it to her and I was like, look at this woman. Like, we just love you. We think you're great. And I know Green Bull and ECU think that you're Thank a great you. coach. You're a great person. Appreciate it. Um, so we started this new thing this year. So we had, we was having practice player today's and they win the practice player chain. And then we took it into the games of player of the games. And so that may be some of the stuff you see. So we have this big gold necklace that they wear <laughs> for the player of the game. And so they sway and we dance after game. You know, we, we enjoy, you know, you, you know, as an athlete, you, yeah. you put in a lot of work. It's a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. And, and so I want them to have fun with it too. Like mm -hmm. I want them to be serious. I want us to understand we're here for a purpose but I also want them to have fun with it too. It's also really hard when you see or when you feel like you're putting in all this hard work yeah. and then it's not it's never you're putting in all the work to to feel something back or to get people to look at you and be like oh look at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's also really hard though when you're putting in all this work going to practice extra lifting all these weights but then you don't feel like you're being recognized at all right. and again that's not why you do it but right. it, even when the results are showing on the court on the field whatever it is and you feel like the, you know, you're just kind of like, uh, yeah. nobody, no one 
even though the results are showing, nobody cares. Yeah. And it just kind of feels like, why am I doing it yes. then? You know, it's tough. I do feel like this year I've seen a difference in our crowds. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're better than what they've been in the past. I do think we can get more, but that's a process too. You know, when you start winning people, you, you gain attention. People want to come out and see you play. I do think Amaya uh, Joyner, being a local kid, has mm -hmm. kind of played a role in that as well. But, you know, our home games, I think we've had some, some much better crowds than what I've seen in the past. And hopefully that can continue to grow as we continue to grow and as we continue to win more games. Just talk about the week as a whole. You know, was it what you expected going down there? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit. You know, it was super stressful because um, we'd practice in the morning, and then in the afternoons we'd have scout availability, and you know, all 32 teams have multiple scouts there. So um, from like two to 12 o'clock at night, uh, we we had you know meetings with scouts, and then even if we went to bed, you know, at 10 o'clock we'd have to have our phone on loud in case a scout texted us and called us. So um, it was stressful, but it was a good stressful, and you know, had a really good week. Felt like I interviewed really well. How many teams did you get a chance to meet with them? And what was, what was the conversations like? Yeah, I think it was like 14 teams. Um, and the conversations were, you know, literally anything you could think of. I mean, they were just trying to, you know, get to know me and get to know, you know, how I think, how I process, you know, whether it's, you know, how I lead or, or how I would deal with situations on the team uh, with players. And then, um, you know, what are my favorite play on third down? What is my go-to in two-minute drill? So um, anything in the world was asked. Um, they, were, they were crazy interviews, but it was, it was a really good week for me. As far as the game goes, now the scouts all leave pretty much, but the game, were you pretty relaxed? I mean, 10 for 10 is not, not a bad outing. Yeah. yeah, I was. You know, I felt really good during the week. I felt like I got the playbook down pretty early. Um, they sent us to it a week, uh, sent the playbook to us a week early, um, so I got a chance to look at it. And by the time I was down there, I felt like I had it down pretty good. Uh, it was good to go under center. You know, I've never really went under center like that, so it was good to get reps at that and, you know, show teams that I can do that as well. Talk about the touchdown pass a little bit. What was, what was the play call and what were you seeing? Yeah, so we went four verticals there. Um, if, if they went Tampa 2, we were going to try to hit the OTB over the middle and then they, they moved a man and I had a big tight end on the left from UCLA and it was one-on-one -on -one coverage and he made a really good um, catch. Fourth quarter, do you, were you thinking like, hey, I might be the MVP or did you even think I didn't about know there was an MVP, so no, I wasn't thinking that. Um, you know, I was just, you know, happy I played good, happy I showed, you know, what I can do and, you know, I feel like I can, you know, hang in the NFL and, uh, you know, play in that league, so it was good, it was good to go out there and play well. What's next for Holton Naylor now? What are you doing now? We hear different things, but yeah. give us a scoop. Then I'm, uh, I'm moving to Mobile uh, to train with QB Country out there and, and get ready for a pro day. Now what's QB Country? What is that about? Yeah, so it's an um, organization that trains just just quarterbacks, um, NFL quarterbacks and college quarterbacks. They train a lot of NFL quarterbacks, obviously a lot of college quarterbacks too. Um, so, you know, a lot of these places you go to and they train, you know, all different types of athletes, all different positions, but, you know, this organization that I'm going to be training with just trains quarterbacks. Uh, I worked with them uh, this past summer and I felt like I got really good with them. Uh, they trained the, both the Mannings and, and now the younger Manning as well, so I trust them a lot. So when you look at the draft, have they told you anything about, hey, you might go late, you might not go at all, you might sign as a free agent? We think you can go somewhere as a free agent? Yeah, so right now um, we're looking at late round, a high priority free agent grade. So, uh, you know, for me, I just want a chance, an opportunity to show that I can play. And you know, I believe that believe that I can. You know, my inner circle believes that I can. So I just got to go out there and get an get a equal chance at it and then prove that I can do it. Is it one of those situations, too, that, that sometimes it's better to – to be a free agent than yeah. to go a late round because you can pick, choose and pick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being a free agent, you can, it's almost a bidding war for one. Um, you'll probably get paid more if you go as an undrafted free agent rather than like the seventh round or anything like that. Um, as well as you get to pick your, your situation. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'd have multiple teams that, that would want me and I get to pick, you know, the best situation for me, whether it's, you know, they have a veteran quarterback and then no one behind them or, I mean, there's, there's tons of different situations that we're going to look at. But, um, yeah, so, you know, honestly, a, a free agent grade wouldn't be, wouldn't be the worst thing for me. 
been a long time coming, but you're on a roll now. You got the, I, the the bowl game and you got the the hula bowl. I mean, this it's been a good four, five, six weeks. Yeah, you know, I'm training in the right direction at the right time. You know, that's that's a lot of it. Is you know, I mean, you're doing the right things at the right time and playing the best football I've ever played at the right time. So um, just got to keep it up. You know, next time I, I'll be on a football field, be in the NFL, hopefully. So um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity.